In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. tried the muffled how did it do jack it was horrendous um Damn paul it. brown would be ashamed if he actually listened well listen if paul's got beef he needs to get has anybody been able to drag him out of the pubs in london i mean you guys get out of lockdown and all of a sudden man he's a walking advertisement for guinness the, the man loves the pub what can we say let's be fair paul only shows up on the day three undrafted free agent shows so he's interesting he's a man of his word so we talked about spencer brown yesterday and Spencer Brown wasn't, you know, Paul wasn't here just, you know, to talk about him. I'm a little upset. Oh, risky. You're dating the show in case the clowny show comes out in between. Keep an eye on what might have happened. <laughs> no comment. Um, but we're going to jump straight in with um, pick 110 um, offensive tackle. Obviously, we just did 89 and 91 yesterday because we don't think we're going any earlier. We've got two dudes in this range um, and they're off my board because they're 23.2 and 23.7. Um, we'll start with the unathletic one, and that is Deontay Smith. Take it away, Ian. Yes. Deontay Smith. We're talking about a guy six foot five, 305 pounds out of East Carolina. Um, he, he, you know, on draft day, he will be under the age of 23, but this is a guy who played left tackle most of his career. Um, he is right on that cusp of your top 100 players in some of the rankings. So this is a guy that could, you know, be sitting there at 110, even if he were to fall to say like 132 or whatever it is, that's possible. You start looking for value. Um, but if there's a trait, obviously you like, this is what you go to. So, um, this guy here is a project in which all of these guys are going to be, you know, he has good feet, good length and good flexibility. The problem is he has to learn kind of how to be an offensive lineman at the NFL level. Um, unfortunately, at East Carolina, you know, he had three different O-line coaches. So he never really kind of was able to fall into one type of scheme. Um, former wrestler, uh, quick, you know, he's a quick hand kind of guy. Um, I think there's a lot of upside here. But I think you could possibly see him in that flex role where maybe the Browns like him a little bit at tackle, but also at guard. Um, so that's really kind of all I got on Dante Smith. He's he's an option. I mean, definitely you're talking about a guy with a lot of upside there. So next up is another guy you like. Um, mm. and, listen, point seven week one. This this is a little bit your man crush here. Um, well, on there's a reason. There's a reason because I feel if I ever have a boy and you name him stone he is a badass like how you're like the jean-claude van damme steven seagal stone foresight like these guys are just ass kicking machines can you imagine lining up at left tackle right tackle it doesn't matter stone foresight like that's just a badass name now stone foresight also by the way is six foot eight 307 pounds so Stone not only has a bad name, badass name, he's a badass size guy that's probably going to flatline you a little bit. So this guy here, I do like him. Um, played, obviously, at Florida. 
for those out there, started his career at right tackle. They flipped him over to left tackle. So he's played primarily most of his games at left tackle. I just like, I like what I see on him. And the one knock on him is he's not a very good run block. Well, it's six, eight, 300 pounds, buddy. I can teach you. I could teach you how to run block. If I could teach you how to run block, then imagine what Bill Callahan can teach him. Because again, we're going to go back to that as well. He's got good feet. He's got a natural feel in pass protection. However, we just got to work on that run blocking a little bit because he is a big frame guy, 83 and a quarter inch wingspan, decent arm length. You know, we're talking just under 35 inches, which is important for the tackles. So I don't know. I like the guy and I think as a project in day three, he's my kind of guy stone. So that's one ten wrapped up. And next we're going to jump into number one, three, two, and we have nobody there. So that's enough on <laughs> one, yeah, three, two. at one thirty two. If they take a tackle, it's somebody that we've already talked about. So just take yeah. what we said and move it to one thirty two. Um, so next up, we've got one six nine, and we've got two dudes there. Uh, we've got one that's unathletic in Adrian Ely, and then one that's pensionable at the age of twenty four in Royce Newman. And for me, that's enough of the offensive tackles at one six nine. Yeah, I don't think either of those guys interest me. Um, you'll see grades all over the map on them. And I think probably both of those guys are looking at end of day three priority free agents. So no, not interested. So next up um, is a dude with a really good relative athletic score. And that is Dan Moore Jr. with an 8.96, which is right on the higher end. And it comes in at a glorious 22.9. So just under my measurement for week one. Um, so I think that certainly could be something they're looking at. Another couple of names is Jalen Moore and Ulrich Jackson, who both over my age threshold. <laughs> well, just to give you a little bit on Dan Moore, we're talking about a guy 6'5", 311 out of Texas A&M. Um, played one game at right tackle as a freshman, then jumped over to left tackle where he pretty much became second team all SEC as a senior. Um the problem they think with him is he's just not mean enough, right? So he's adequate with his foot speed, um, but he just has to be a little bit more mean. So he needs to have a little bit of a mean streak. But, you know, this is a guy where I think, again, I'm not 100% sure if you're going to leave him outside at tackle, maybe bring him inside his guard if you're looking for a quicker turnaround. But, yeah, Dan Moore, again, probably talking maybe in that sixth round range uh, for me before I'm interested in him. So that's there wrapped up. Um, then we're going to jump into two, five, seven. I'm going to start with the, the, there's three dudes that stand out for me before we can go for some deeper on the board. Um, so you've got Landon Young and Cole Van Lannan, um, who I haven't got an age yet for either of them, but 8.49 and 9.17 on the relative athletic score. So, hey, if you're looking to take a flyer on someone on the right at the end of the draft why not take some super athletic tackle and the one i'm going to touch on is brendan Jamis, um who is out in nebraska um needs to add some more muscle mass but has played solidly um he needs to improve a little bit more on his uh well sorry his run blocking grade needs improving his pass blocking has been rather good um so yeah, he, he's definitely going to struggle in that run blocking, which could be an issue for him if he's coming to the Browns. But if they want to stash him and develop him, um, I, I think right in that sort of seventh round, it probably depends on how they feel about Alex Taylor and Sonot. 
if they're really keen to give Taylor a, a season as that OT4, then that probably doesn't mean take a guy in the seventh round. It probably means draft them a bit earlier because we want them to be the three. Um, but I'm going to pass over to you for Mr. Tommy well, Doyle. Well, I'll tell a little bit about Brendan Hymas is how you actually pronounce that, Hymas. James so he Mr. was actually, <laughs> no, the E and the I switch. So yeah, Brendan Hymas um, was a guy out of Nebraska. So he was actually an honorable mention, all Big Ten guy, left tackle for Nebraska. So here's the thing about him. A lot of coaches look at him and they see a block of, uh, you know, of clay that really can be molded. So this is a guy who, if you look, went up against a lot of really good pass rushers and did a pretty decent job. There's not really the, that you look at this thing and say, wow, there's an elite trait here, or there's an, something that's even really second or third round maybe. But now we're talking about day three guys. There's nothing that's going to, you're going to look and go, wow, but this is a guy that just got things done at Nebraska. And I think he's a quality depth piece. If we're talking about offensive tackle and we're ultimately talking about guys that can kind of make the team. And I think that's where uh, Brendan Hymas really can kind of excel. Another guy I'll talk about real quick before I jump over to my, my little uh, late round sleeper, Tommy Doyle is uh, Jalen Moore. So Jalen Moore, the kid out of Western Michigan, six, four, three, 11, um, he's not really the most consistent offensive tackle, but they really are projecting him to be a zone scheme kind of guy. So, you know, Jalen Moore's a guy, I think that if you're looking for these zone fits, this is a guy who I think can actually, um, step in and maybe be a project for somebody like Bill Callahan. But yeah, so Jalen Moore, again, we're talking about somebody that maybe has a shot played most of his career at left tackle, um, was second team all Mac as a senior. So that's one guy I like, but then last but not least, Tommy Doyle, kid out of Miami. I know he's a little old for you, but Jack, how's that RAS score looking? It's beautiful. It's a 9.9. So I believe it's not second best. So Samuel Cosme is second best in the class. Spencer Brown, I think, is number one, right? Come, yeah, Spencer Brown's number one. Cosme's number two, but he comes in at number three offensive tackle in the class. So uh, it's a nice position to be for a dude that is going to be right at the end of the draft. Yeah. Tommy Doyle, six foot eight, 320 pounds, redshirt senior out of Miami of Ohio. He's a little bit over your, uh, your uh, age threshold, but you know, we are talking about a guy who isn't really the most natural at that side. The problem he had is he really got off to a rough start in his college career, um, had an issue with a shoulder foot and a leg. So he's kind of had three, three seasons that were cut short um, before moving to left tackle his last two years where he made first team all Matt conference. So this was a guy that put up some serious production. He is a, he is like the Joseph Asai, so to say, of offensive tackles. This guy is just a relentless guy. You know, he's got the size and athleticism that you're talking about in terms of the projects, but a lot of it is effort-based and not a lot of it's technique-based. So if you get, look at a guy like Joe Thomas, who is a tactical technician, well, pretty much Tommy Doyle is the opposite of that. You're talking about a guy who's very athletic, who just needs to learn how to be the technician. So I agree. If we're talking towards the end of the draft, and I think the Browns may have him a little bit higher because you're right. When you see that 9.9, you're telling me this guy can't pull into the hole. Come on now. I don't believe so. Um, I actually think that, yes, this is a guy come sixth, seventh round could be on the short list. There's two dudes who I want to flag as potential UDFAs to go after just because they're incredible athletic scores. 
Um, so we've got an 8.28 in Carson Green and an 8.48 in Will Ferris. Um, I, I think they're both guys we should that potentially could be on there. We're not talking draftable. Um, they they could take him with the final pick, but more guys that they could go actually. Why not? Let's bring one of these in, um, compete with that Alex Taylor, Sonat, and see what happens. Um, we always finish when we do these shows looking at value. What's the sort of one-two guys? If you said, where do, would you be most excited if we added a offensive tackle somewhere in the draft? It could be more than one if you want more than one. Mm, I think my sweet spot on offensive tackle is that fifth, sixth round. I think walking into that, maybe, you know, I know we were talking about 132 and 169. I think that's the ideal spot. I just don't want any of those guys that are around that spot. So if all of a side, you know, say a guy like maybe Walker little drops because of his medical, you know, and some teams don't have them and you're willing to take a flyer on a guy that doesn't have to, you know, start for a year or two and he can kind of get healthy and he's sitting on the board at 132. I would love to see a guy with above average skill set that's fallen for some reason, or maybe one of these zone sits. We talked last year about Nick Harris and how he was an ideal zone fit and you picked him up in the fifth round. That's kind of what I'm looking for. I'm looking for them to use that fifth, sixth round pick on an offensive tackle that has a skill set they like. Yeah, for me, that that walk a little is the one that really stands out. Dan Moore is certainly tempting, and so is Brendan Jameis. Um, Jameis. Jameis. Um, but walk a little, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that 89, 91. And if we take it at 110, then I'll be over the moon. Um, but no, that's sort of a flavor of the offensive tackle um, group. Next up, we've got the only other position we're going to start on day two before we get into a couple of day three shows only, and that is the Tony Grossi special. The linebackers. Well, I will just tell you, Jack, and I think this is something we have to consider. A lot of the mock drafts have the Browns taking a linebacker at 26. I know, I know. We think otherwise. However, the Chris Sims and uh, Mike Florio, one of their biggest needs was middle linebacker on day one. Mike Florio said the Browns need to leave the draft with Nick Chubb's replacement. So when we talk about running backs, could the Browns take a running back in the day two? I don't know. It's possible. But ultimately, could uh, if a guy like the strong safety, a.k.a. Jeremiah, JOK is there at 26? I don't know. Zaven Collins? Possibly, you never know. Or this Jameen Davis, who all of a sudden came from the fourth round to the first round and now is falling back to the second round. I know nothing about the guy. I haven't watched any of his tape yet, but I will. I've got some money on him at plus 600 going the first round. Um, money. It, it, it was worth a bit. Um, the, what we'll be doing after linebackers is actually running backs. So we're just going to start on day three, though, um, because they could be some interest. So that's what we've got planned coming up. And we will, pro I promise you, next week, we're actually going to get some mock drafting. Um, but we decided to go a different route. Some of the other people just went, hey, let's go straight in with mock drafts. We wanted to go through and literally talk through prospects. And I found it super useful. I know a lot more about the draft than I did when we started two and a bit weeks ago. Um, no loads of you guys reached out and enjoyed it. Um, no, thank you for being a part of it. And thanks for sticking with us through the draft and um, exciting times ahead. Um, but as always... Go Browns. Go Browns.